0: Good evening and welcome to the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Zamandunga Wakumala. We are today on episode 15 of the podcast and day 35 of the national lockdown. And of course, today is the last day of uh, level five and tomorrow will be level four lockdown. We might come back to level five, who knows, but today we'll be unpacking uh, what level four actually means. So the good, the bad and the ugly for agents, tenants and landlords for level four lockdown and helping us unpack um, what level four means for the property and different people in the property space. I'm joined this evening again by Silna Stein, who's the managing director of SSLR Incorporated. Good evening, Silna. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Hi, so
1: much. Inga. Thank you so much for having me again. And especially on the last day of uh, lockdown level five. And remember a week ago, we just thought there was like lockdown and not lockdown. We it yeah. so
0: much. Not so much. And I mean, and of course, we've seen that the implications to the different levels, uh, we saw that the the new regulations around what level four means have now been announced. And I think I'd like us to first look at the first contentious one, uh, which is, of course, around the movement of people. What does level four actually mean for uh, our ability to move or people's ability to move around? Yes, uh, I think that was the question on everybody's lips. And um, I think,
1: Uh, The the publication from government with the proposed suggestions around the levels caused great confusion, but it was necessary um, so people can give the input. And clearly, it it had a huge impact. Um, Mm. I'm not a smoker, so I'm going to use the smoking as an example. Um, But everybody was very excited when the president said, okay, people can smoke. And the reason why that was changed in level four was because of public submissions so there were about 2000 more than 2000 submissions that said no 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 please uh we should keep smoking out and why i'm saying this is i think people had a bit of an impression that the the levels as it was published that would be the regulations and i i i knew that it it wouldn't be uh, which is why i didn't Say anything about the proposed levels other than let's wait for regulations um this was the exact reason, and um it's very interesting under the regulations. what we are seeing now is is very clear um I know there's still a lot of uh let's call it confusion, but I don't think it's confusion it's just things still need to crystallize yeah. um and and we'll talk about that in more detail, but the line and the short of level four is. Nobody should be moving. Everybody, please sit tight. Level four does make provision for some movement—a once-off movement. Um, I don't know if you want to unpack it one one type of movement at a time. Or, I think or definitely or best.
0: Yeah, I think let's actually unpack it for a little bit, because I know there's um, provisions for coming, for returning. So if you are, for example, out of the province, um, and some people are asking questions, and these are even some of the questions from people at home, um, if you're able to, for example, move house or move into a new apartment or change. So I think let's unpack the different ways that um, the, the provision, or, or rather the different ways that we are able to move um, according to the provisions. Yes. So the first, very
1: real thing that everybody has to appreciate is, personal movement is not allowed. Yeah. There are exceptions to the rule. The rule is nobody is moving. Everybody is staying home. So exceptions is obviously uh, now just personal movement. You you're allowed to go to the shop to go buy essential things. Now there's a little bit. Of expansion on that you're allowed to go to work if you're an essential worker there's some expansion on that right now these kind of things the rest of the time stay home and do not go out of your house that's the standard rule and the reason why this is the standard rule guys let's please appreciate the fact that government has to do their very best to try and keep not just the people but the economy as safe as possible. And now I do appreciate that I'll I'll probably um get a few unlikes on my Facebook page for this one. But uh, but I think it's important to appreciate, guys, um it's the virus that is causing this. It's COVID-19 that's causing the harm to our economy. It's government is doing their very best to try and keep everything afloat as much as we can while we are battling this. Such a weird thing because it can be compared to war. And I do definitely, when I talk to, to my team uh, in SSLR, oh, I always say, guys, remember it's war. Nobody in a war would tell you, oh, I wish I can go out and you know, go get my hair cut. No, you're gonna die because it's war. Um yeah. we currently with the virus, it's important to appreciate um we can't see it, so it's weird. And we're all like, yeah, what is this? We need yeah. to stay home. So the exceptions on the actual physical move, movement in accommodation, once again, you're not allowed to move. Exceptions is there is a once-off window now to return to your residence. Guys, it's important to appreciate the word return here. The regulation specifically says
0: return. Now return... And that's a pretentious one, right? Because I think a lot of people um and 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 it's potentially up for abuse i mean on 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 the one hand there are people when we started lockdown who were in different parts of the country or different parts of town and you thought you know what i could be in lockdown for 21 days in this particular household that's fine and then we had you know the two-week extension and now we've got level four which actually doesn't mean that it's the end of the lockdown so you didn't I make provision to be in a particular household for such an extended period of time. But in the same breath, it's very easy for people to think, well, if there are some people who are moving, i.e. returning, perhaps this is my opportunity to then move house completely. So I'm not necessarily returning somewhere, I'm now going to, especially because tomorrow is now the 1st of May. So I might just think, let me just go move into that new residence that I was actually supposed to move into on the 1st of April. So now could probably be that great opportunity to use this um, period to actually move that. Are we allowed to do that? No, not at all. uh,
1: The word return is very important, guys. That means there was a pre-existing that was your residence if it said move to cool then we can move return means if you live in joburg and you went to the family in limpopo because you thought ah it's going to be better with people Um, for 21 days now you have to return to joburg for work you're allowed to do that once off move but return there are um Definitely a, a bit of a broader allowance to move, return, um, not just for essential workers, but there is reference to learners that would be allowed uh, to potentially move to wherever they need to be to continue with their studies. So that is allowed, guys, but it's a once off thing. We're not going to move now to, to Joba to do your work and then every weekend return. That's not going to happen. Um, it's a once off move. And then you, are stu- then you are back stuck in the property that you are returning to. So there are um, a, a, a few people that are trying to use this. And the, the funny question that I'm getting is, can I take a chance? Guys, in normal life, we can take chances. And then when you get caught, you're like, oh, sorry. And a bit of a slap on the wrist and it's done. We're talking six months jail sentence mm. if you are now taking a chance and you get caught. I don't know, I don't know, but I know we too pretty
0: for jail system, but <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Not built, I'm, I'm not built for for that. I'm am the I'm a goodie two shoes, and I, I could never actually do something like that. And and you know, as you're saying, this is actually one of those questions that even our viewers at home have been asking. We've got one from Lena Harport who had asked, "Can we move from one house to another house in the same town?" And Linda Ellis saying, "Is it possible to move out? Been residing at a friend's house since March, and it seems like moving out won't be allowed." So that's quite a common question around uh, you know whether we can move to new residents uh, and i suppose in this instance wouldn't be returning to wherever it was that we were um, in but actually moving into a new place altogether so essentially that's completely out of the question yes 100 percent out of the question the other question now if if you
1: moved in with a family member or friend and you thought it was just for the lockdown period and your stuff, your house with the glass bowl with the chip in it is at another place. Definitely, you can return to your house, but you can't move house. And if you've been staying with a friend um, because all your stuff is there, um, you can't take your items and move couches. And seriously, I'm talking about the bowls with the chips. That's what I mean with that is how you know it's your house. Those mm. items that you wonder if you're going to get rid of it ever, and you won't. Um, when you have to start packing those in boxes, that's
0: moving, and that yeah. is not allowed. And that's surprisingly a similar question, um, and, and I can understand this. So you're a landlord, and perhaps you've got a vacant property or a few vacant properties. This question is coming in from Nonto Lundi who asks, my apartment is empty. Can I have a tenant occupying it during that one-day once-off move? There would be an exception. So now I'm talking to to the
1: landlords and to tenants for that matter. If you are an essential service worker and you have to relocate for work purposes, you will be allowed to obtain a permit from a magistrate. Guys, this is important. The police, the station commander in every police station only has the authority to issue permits for people to move for funeral purposes. If it's not a funeral, the police can't give you the permit. If they do, it's an affidavit. Remember, the police can commission any affidavit. So can I, I'm a commissioner of Oaks, that doesn't make it a permit, the fact that it's an an affidavit. With that affidavit, you can approach a magistrate, and the magistrate can grant a permit to move. But this is in extraordinary circumstances, a magistrate will not grant such a permit, because it's essentially a type of a court order, just because you want to move into another place, that will not be allowed. So It's only extraordinary circumstances, which will definitely be centered around things like health purposes,
0: or for essential work purposes. So now, actually, I want us to stay a little bit longer um, on this movement question, and and I know we your answer is probably going to stay the same, but I want to almost give different scenarios because I've been seeing a few of them. I've had people also approaching me, you know, asking me certain questions, and there's still a little bit of uncertainty. Um, and you've mentioned this, this issue of you know going to the police station, making an affidavit. I was seeing uh, reports of people making that affidavit because they want to move. And this was already in right now in level five and saying that essentially that affidavit is their permit to move into a new residence and now we're going to move moving into level four where people might think that perhaps restrictions have eased up slightly so again they can just go to the police station and make an affidavit so essentially what you're saying is that affidavit is not the permit that one needs to move because some people are thinking i can still actually move house um i just need to go to the police station and in the event where i had this Affidavit, and some of them are even calling that affidavit a permit. So, in the event where I have this piece of paper that the police have essentially stamped, then it means that I can move my my things and go into a new apartment or a new house. So, are you saying that that is something that we actually cannot do? Yes, hundred percent. Remember, guys, an affidavit
1: is a simple; it's a document where you record something. And a commissioner's oath, oath, oath wow, my words are not finished for the day. <laughs> uh, the commissioner of oath uh, certify that you took an oath to, ju- to say that what you said in that document is the truth. Now I have seen aff- affidavits uh somewhat <laughs> from people that says, I am transferring my property to you. So you and me say, Do you want this property? Yes, cool. We go to the police station we make an affidavit to say i am giving my property to you they will even write on the top of that affidavit title deed okay the fact that we call something something and the fact that we the police then stamps it in their capacity as a commissioner of oath doesn't change the fact that that's simply a piece of paper recording something that you believe to be the truth yeah. um so unfortunately guys that is not a permit a permit is something that will give you a right to act in a certain way within the limits of the regulations. No permit allowing you to do something that is not allowed in terms of the regulations will be legal as e- either. So even if you are, for instance, a managing director of your organization, the fact that you can give permits for people to do things those things that they can do may only be in terms of the regulations. Mm-hmm. So somebody that's allowed to issue permits, like I'm allowed to issue permits for my entire team, um, because we are level four workers. I can't issue. I can issue a permit for my one attorney that has to return from um, from P- Poduștrim. I can issue the permit for to cross uh, from one province to another. I can't issue a permit for for my one secretary that wants to move. Um, from one house to another this weekend, that that card's
0: not going to fly. And, and 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 again, we've got another you know slightly technical question around this movement, and this one is coming from Wandi Sankos, who asks, how will the return trip be monitored? Is there a window? Is there a moving window period? No, no moving window period. However, there is
1: this one self move that is allowed. It's not within a specific period, however. The minister last night, um, not during her speech, but the Q&A afterwards, definitely alluded to sort of get your moves done over this long weekend. If you have to move, any time they offer, the regulations doesn't say the once-off move is happening in a specific time period. Uh, But the minister definitely alluded to that. And I would suggest get your moving out of the way as quickly as possible, but it's not a window for any type of moving, it's still just for uh, returning uh, to your place of residence.
0: And of course, there's another issue um, that comes into effect as far as level four is concerned, and we've already got a question around it, is around um, Regulation 19, which is evictions. Uh, And we've got a question here from Sutugazi who asks, I'd like to know, since a landlord can have an eviction notice ready, when can it be served? Um, does it mean that in June you give a notice to the tenant or you can serve it by the 31st of May? Okay, So now we're going to have to start on the term eviction notice because, guys, here's
1: a very important lesson for always. This is not a lockdown thing. This is not a national state of disaster. A person cannot give an eviction notice to another person. The only body that can grant an eviction order is a court Mm. so we can cancel a lease agreement that is called a letter of cancellation that letter can contain something that says because i've cancelled my lease agreement with you you are to vacate the property immediately if somebody's been staying for you with you uh, on a sort of an informal arrangement and you're tired of them, you can give them a letter to say, listen, it's been real. We had a verbal agreement for you to stay here, but I'm a little over it. I am canceling the right that you had to live here. That is not an eviction notice. It Once again, even if you call it an eviction notice on top of the letter, doesn't make it an eviction notice. So I had to start there with the answer. Mm. We can commence with eviction proceedings now. I'm obviously very excited about that. Uh, Being an eviction specialist and a firm that pretty much that's mostly evictions. uh, for us to have a moratorium on evictions was a little scary. But uh, we're very happy that we can obtain the orders now. So we can institute eviction proceedings now already. We can even obtain the eviction orders. The eviction orders, however, the execution of those orders with regards to residential property is then stayed. So what that process will look like is you're gonna send your tenant a normal letter of demand, giving them the 20 business days in terms of the Consumer Protection Act to remedy their breach. If they don't, you're gonna cancel. On cancellation, you have to instruct an attorney to obtain these eviction orders. The Regu- Regulation is very clear. Only orders in terms of ESTA and by the extension of Security of Tenure Act and the prevention of illegal evictions from and unlawful occupation of land act. Only those eviction orders can be obtained at this stage. I'll return to to commercial evictions just now, but those evictions can be obtained now, the orders will be obtained, but we hold off on execution. And the court order will read something like the respondent will have to vacate this premises as soon as the lockdown regulations allow for them to vacate. If that person then doesn't vacate, then we can send the sheriff to effect the actual eviction. So the eviction notice that she was referring to, I am afraid, is simply a cancellation letter. And, but she can instruct an attorney now to commence with the eviction proceeding. We can even obtain the order for you, and if they don't vacate, we can then have the sheriff evict them. However, we are definitely allowed to obtain commercial eviction orders now, and we are also allowed to execute them already. So it's only the stay on eviction execution is only on residential evictions um, and uh, and not on commercial evictions. uh, Commercial evictions we will be able to execute, provided that the sheriff has capacity and is willing to to attend to the executions during lockdown level four.
0: And then of course, uh, Silna, there's the the last issue of the the Deeds Office. I mean, a lot of people were celebrating that the Deeds Office is going to be open. Um, What are the implications uh, of the Deeds Office opening and the the operation um, that they'd essentially be able to carry out?
1: That's, that's also a very interesting thing. Uh, we're getting to learn so much uh, about, uh, about the way people perceive things in this yes. time. Hey? Yeah. Uh, so remember, guys, the deeds office isn't only there for registration of property. Also there for endorsements on title deeds, for um, registration of anti contracts, things like that. So the functioning of the deeds office isn't exclusively for transfer. So as much as the deeds office is functioning, we can't transfer property without a rates clearance certificate. Now, when it comes to rights clearance certificates under level four, we municipal services essential municipal services are allowed. Now, what is essential municipal services? We do not know at this very second. That will that's one of the things that will crystallise over the next few days. So. If the municipalities this, uh, say, OK, cool, we do, we do feel that um, rates clearance is an essential service or it's something that the municipalities can do without exposing um, their people and, and obviously uh, other people to a risk of the virus, then yes, 100%, um, they can issue rates clearance and we can transfer property uh, like we did in february remember good times um so but if they don't and if we can't get rates clearance we won't be able to transfer at the yeah. same time unfortunately estate agents aren't allowed to function um and aren't allowed to trade in in level four which will make it a little tricky um to transfer properties but when it comes to transfer i would say Be calm, I don't think all is lost yet uh, for estate agents. I do believe that in the next few days, we will get some clarity from the municipalities on a rates clearance. If that can happen, we can transfer properties. Estate agents will have to be very creative then on how you're gonna do your viewings, how you're gonna uh, conclude your agreements. But uh, there will be a few matters that we'll be able to, to go through like that provided obviously that we can get rates clearance. But other than that, uh, the reason for the leads office is unfortunately wider than just transfer of property. Um, So I I, I think we're gonna have to give it some time, uh, maybe just a few days to see exactly what the intention is from government when it comes to to, uh,
0: transfer of properties. There are more questions coming in from our viewers at home so now if you've got any questions i'm on the line um, or rather uh, speaking to silna stain who's the managing director of sslr and we're looking at uh, tomorrow we'll be having level four lockdown we're looking at the good the bad and the ugly for tenants uh, landlords as well as agents and really trying to make sense of what level four um means particularly for people in property so whether you're living in a particular property whether you're a landlord and you've got different properties that you're managing or an estate agent and trying to understand what you can or cannot do during this period this is exactly what we're discussing this evening so you're more than welcome to send through your questions and we'll address them now some another question coming in is a rather interesting one it's coming from dural chapter who asked i just received an otp Any advice for me? What should I look out for? Since I'm not able to view the property, um, since I'm not able to view the property, what should I, um, and what should I ask the agent to make me more satisfied for the sale? Uh, We're having a virtual meeting tomorrow. Any advice is welcome. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful question. I love it.
1: And you know what? The truth is, depending on the reason for the purchase. So if your intention is to buy the property, to flip um, that, you know, if there's a huge disaster somewhere in one of the walls, but your intention is anyway to do a quick renovation and flip the property, I wouldn't be overly concerned if it is a property that you want to move into. um, I must say a very thorough virtual inspection. So the seller must walk through with his phone um, on a video call showing you every single corner. The only thing is um, when it comes to things like, is there any leaking um, taps? Is there any leaking pipes? What I will suggest is potentially for you as the purchaser to do away then with the food steward's clause. So specifically say, let's remove that clause. Let's say you Mr. seller are so convinced that you will disclose every single defect in this property to me, that I am willing to not sell this property footstool. That is my best advice for that particular situation because I would be not just reluctant, I think it would be um, very risky, very risky to buy a property footstool that you haven't inspected personally. Uh, Because to say everything is working on a virtual uh, inspection. A virtual inspection is one of those things where even if they open the cupboard doors for you to see the piping in the property, unless you can touch the cupboard and feel if there's any damp or anything in that cupboard, you're not going to know what you are buying. So definitely get rid of the footsteps clause and make sure the parties agree to that. Remember, in an agreement, you can do a lot of things. You can even make the sale subject. To a positive inspection after, um, after the lockdown is finished. So you sign the OTP, everybody is happy, but may do a suspensive condition. I've done that um, for, for one of my clients recently. Uh, it's, it's not a very complicated clause, but I suggest that's not a DIY clause. You're welcome to contact um, your attorneys if, if uh, they ask why you are talking to a crazy attorney uh, on a what they is it. Thursday evening uh, yeah. over a webinar. Be uh, more than welcome to pop me a mail. I'll, I'll obviously help you um, uh, with advice like that. I am very sure my cat is going to jump over my laptop <laughs> now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so um, it's very um, it's very important to get the right laws in. With the right clauses, you can basically um, get around all these weird and wonderful things that's coming up at this stage. So remove the food laws make it subject to an actual physical inspection. If there's anything that sits unwell when you do the virtual inspection and you feel a little reluctant, there's not a lot of people right now that that is necessarily looking into buying properties over virtual inspections. Ask the landlord, If you can hold off well ask the owner if you can hold off until the end of level four um to be able to inspect the property but if you are comfortable with that that's two provisions that i'm thinking of in an otp to protect you i think that's
0: actually and and, and you know so that's actually something that i wanted to ask you around the suspensive clause um that you could potentially include of course one of them you're saying is um in after a positive inspection Are inspecting companies right now able to go and inspect? So suppose you can't physically, of course, go to view the property. Are the companies who do inspections, are they considered an essential service? So perhaps you might not want to physically, you might be satisfied with the virtual uh, walkabout, but then you still want the, the, the company that you're going to appoint to do the inspection. Would they be allowed to then go inspect the company for you under level four, I mean the property for you? Unless there's something very
1: weird with a particular inspection company that does have a permit to function in level four, I can't see anything from the service providers in level four that will allow an inspection company. If they were allowed, that would have made it easier for rental agents as well at this stage yeah. with uh, inspections where a tenant isn't allowed to move, but he decides to disregard the law move. We can't do those exit inspections uh, so that would have resolved the problem i even had the question today um maintenance guys are, are level four functioning um, people some of them majority actually are they allowed to do the inspection because they are allowed to um, be at the premises uh, guys let's not you know let's let the find breaks. ways
0: to break the law essentially They're and, find, and the loopholes
1: and let the right people do the right things. I mean, let's not have attorneys do open heart surgery. Um, <laughs> so uh, the maintenance people are amazing, but they don't do inspections for a living. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, so let's actually go back to 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 the issue that you've just raised. Of a tenant who. Um, sort of goes against what the, the, the law currently says and decides to move out. And this could easily, for example, be a tenant who's, who was already in arrears because um, I don't see a tenant who's been um, you know, a good tenant paying regularly, suddenly deciding, I'm going to just ditch this and move and not pay um, this month's rental. So let's assume that the person moves out all their and they somehow managed to move all their things and move to wherever they're going to be going to, how do we then mitigate that, right? So suppose they're um, already for this month, so we're in April, so they already hadn't paid the month, the rental for April. So theoretically, one could argue They've eaten into whatever deposit that they had for this particular month. And you, as a landlord, were probably expecting that, at the very least, they would try to cover this month's rental. Perhaps you may have already communicated with them about the missed rent. And now you're looking at May, and they actually text you, well, to Monday or Tuesday, you get the text, well, I moved out over the weekend. You can find the key at security. What are the legal ways that landlords can then um, sort of mitigate that particular situation? because the what can they do firstly with the deposit because they still essentially have the deposit with them what can or can't they do with the deposit given that the rental would have been missed for this month and essentially will is going to be missed for the following month and the lease agreement is still in effect so suppose it's only ending september october or any other month what can they legally do given that scenario
1: okay so the, there's multiple questions in the in that scenario so first off if you have a deposit and the tenant absconds, but you have outstanding rent, the landlord can then take the deposit to the value of the outstanding rent. Yes, we're hoping it's, uh, he's got a bigger deposit than outstanding rent, um, and he is allowed to do that. In terms of the Rental Housing Act, the act of absconding is Deemed to be termination of the lease agreement. So why this is relevant is on that deemed termination when the tenant absconds, the landlord is entitled to then apportion um, the deposit and utilize the deposit money. If the deposit is not enough or if the deposit was already used during March, April, unfortunately, You can institute proceedings more than welcome to to collect the money. Um, I must say, there is a very big chance, obviously, of that judgment being a pretty empty judgment, because the tenant that's already owing you that much money, that absconds, I can promise you, you're going to be one of the creditors in line against that tenant. Mm -hmm. In law, you have a claim. In law, you will get a judgment, unfortunately. We don't have an ATM somewhere where you stick your judgment in and the money comes out, uh, but you will be successful. Imagine we should do that. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so people so, now.
1: <laughs> only, only SARS has an ATM like that. It's called your own bank account. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's the one, one scenario. The tenant that vacates, no, that's not allowed to leave the keys with the security. Very important here, guys. Once again, Rental Ouncing Act then says that agreements terminated. So it's cool, use the deposit. But is that illegal handover of possession to give it to the security guard? Didn't arrange with you? Yes, um, definitely. In terms of, of delivery, he did hand possession back to you. However, the risk of damage to the property. The type of damage to the property that the landlord will anyway be responsible for, whose insurance will be covered by that, for instance, the geyser that bursts in the meantime while the premises is standing open, that is still the landlord's risk. However, if the security guard then thinks oh, it's going to be so much more convenient to live in the complex instead of commuting back and forth, taking occupation, the tenant, that recklessly handed over possession of a premises to a third party, that tenant will then be liable for the damages the landlord suffers because of the
0: security guard that's now living in the property. Mm. And I think Silla, that's probably a great place you know, to leave it. I think are there any other provisions that you'd like our viewers at home to be aware of given level three, whether they're a tenant or an estate agent or a landlord?
1: You know what, I think the most important thing is is to appreciate that the rules are actually quite simple. The rules are saying, let's stay inside, let's stay indoors, with a few exceptions. If we stick to the rules, we should be fine. If we don't, we are at risk of six months imprisonment. So it's not like, eh, I don't feel like staying in. I mean, the rules are pretty serious, but the repercussions of not sticking to the rules is really, really serious. And I think it's very important to appreciate that if we understand that, if we don't try to bend the rules or don't try to argue, it's so weird. I've been having um, to bat off arguments the whole day today. And I'm like, I'm not the one that made the rules. I'm just the one that explains what it is. And if we appreciate what we hear and what we read and take it as that is unfortunately what our lives are like right now, because of um, COVID-19, then it's actually pretty easy um, to to understand what the rules are saying. So I know I'm saying things that's driving everybody crazy um, because we don't want to hear we're not allowed to move. But unfortunately, that is the reality that
0: that we are currently in. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, Silna. I'm sure it's been quite insightful. Uh, for many of our viewers at home and a lot of us you know have so many questions around these new regulations and hopefully by the time we get to level three and many of us are hoping that that's going to be soon so if we all sort of stay at home and keep up with what Level four is going to be, then we'll hopefully in the very near future make it to level three. And we'll also unpack what level three actually means. And of course, we'll wait for government to update us on what is possible and not possible um, during level three. So thank you very much for joining us this evening, Silna. And that is Silna Stain, who's the managing director of SSLR. And we've been unpacking what the implications of the level four lockdown are for tenants, agents, as well as um, landlords. And of course, that's kicking off tomorrow. So we do. hope that you're going to be staying at home and staying safe. And if you have any properties to view, you can always go to www.privateproperty.co.za and some of the properties actually have a virtual tour. So you may not be able to physically go to those apartments, but you can certainly start having uh, viewing the virtual tours. We also have virtual tours available right here on our Facebook page, just to give you a sense of some of the properties that you might want to shortlist for as soon as we are able to go out there. So that's www.privateproperty.co.za. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. I've been your host until Monday tomorrow is a public holiday we don't even feel these public holidays because we're stuck at home but tomorrow is a public holiday so we'll be back again on Monday evening right here at 7pm stay home and stay safe good evening